0: You're listening to Since You Didn't Ask, where Matthew and Andrew answer questions you may not be asking, but might be helpful to answer. Questions about life answered through a biblical lens.
1: Welcome to Since You Didn't Ask. I'm Matthew, and here with Andrew. Our question uh, for this episode, I am springing on Andrew. He does not know what is coming on this one. And um, the question is, Andrew, what do I do when God doesn't answer my prayers?
0: I reject the premise. Yes. I'm 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 being facetious. Um but what no, do I do
1: be, Okay, while you're kind of pondering that, um yeah, just to ahead. unpack what you sure, just sure. even what you just said for everybody. Um yes, the premise is is faulty. Um but every single person who prays Feels that, feels that way. I felt that way. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So what
0: what do we what do we do when we're when we're feeling that? Um yeah, what do we do? Okay, so maybe I'm gonna answer with what do we do? And then maybe we can get into the maybe the more theological side of it. But the what do we do, I think, in in all, in any case where I'm tempted to think that God is unloving, hard, cold, distant, any of those things, um, those are lies that I need to fight against is is kind of my default. So, um, when God reveals himself as father, when God says that if we um, have the spirit and we trust in him, we're his children, that means that he loves us. He cares for us. The exact situations he puts us in are exactly the best thing for us to bring us to ultimate maturity and glory, um, and joy in him. And so like, I, I really try to remember those things because in the moment, it does not feel like those things are true, especially when it's a prayer that's kind of a, a gut-wrenching desire that's just like, why is God silent on this? Um, and so reminding myself and remembering that whatever is going on here, there's no distance, there's no coldness, there's no meanness from God. Um, and then maybe moving towards kind of thinking through it more, realizing um, if I am a believer, God promises to hear us, and so the answer might be, you know, some of you've probably heard this kind of it's it's no or it's not right now or you know it, the answers may be all variety of things. Um, but the but if I am a child of God, if I'm believing in Christ, I know that my prayers are heard because He's in heaven, He's interceding for me. Um, and then it's just a matter of the last thing I'll say, and then you can jump in of remembering that the two things that, that maturity is God's goal for me, not comfort, not, um, easy, you know, circumstances. And, and ultimately prayer is engagement in a relationship with a person. It's not a mechanical thing that I put in the right input, pull the slot machine and get the right output. Um, so sometimes God might withhold a good thing for no other reason than to have you spend more time with Him in prayer. Um, I don't know. Go yeah. ahead. No, I think that 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 frames things really well.
1: Um, there are some. Um, there are some, but what about this types of things that I want to throw out? But before I get to that, just latching onto what you last said, um, I, I I think that. God has designed that we live this life in a contaminated broken world where we will never have circumstantial contentedness um, ever.
0: Um, Like there'll never be something we couldn't pray about kind of thing? Or
1: There will never be a point in life where your circumstances are all perfectly as you want them and you're like, all right. I can breathe. I'm good. It's like all everything yeah. is is how I want it to be. I think it literally will never be that way. Um
0: that's called Eden or or, or yeah, heaven. Yeah, heaven. <laughs> yeah. Uh
1: I I think that's part of what the the joy of heaven will be is like that's what the rest is of heaven. Right. Um but why if God loved us, why wouldn't he just give that to us now? And I I think that that the the answer is he wants us to cling to him, to need him, to be desperate for him, to trust him when we can't see around the corner. Um, all of that is strengthens our, our relationship with him. And so sometimes when we pray for things that will ease our circumstances, God in his mercy doesn't because that would Potentially rob us of our dependence on Him and allow us to become content in ourselves and our circumstances rather than in Him and and um and yeah that is a robbing because it's less and um and He's and beyond that He's He's not just better but He's forever and so um He's He's bringing us to to find our joy and contentedness and our contentment and our um our peace. And our rest in Him. That being said, oftentimes people can find themselves in situations where they are praying for things that are not just rescue for themselves, but that they're praying for things that are legitimately, definitively consistent with God's will. Mm-hmm. I am praying for my family members' salvation. Mm-hmm. Um, I am praying for the healing and the health of somebody that I love. Um, I am praying for the healing of my marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whatever my, there's good things that God seems to not, not seems he flat out doesn't answer. There are people we pray for, for their salvation and they're never saved. There are people we pray for, for their healing and they're never healed. Um, And those aren't necessarily self-oriented prayers. So anyway. What do you do with those? Yeah, I think a lot of people
0: wrestle with those types of questions. I think this goes back to something we said on the last episode. And there's a a verse uh, that always comes to my mind in the end of Deuteronomy. um, It says that the secret things belong to the Lord, but the things that have been revealed are for us um, and for our children. and. There is this category in the mind of the biblical authors that yes, there are revealed things that the healing of your marriage is a is a um objectively good thing in God's sight, but there are secret things too that there is a i don't know if will is the right word, but there's a a way that God governs the universe where um sometimes he allows things or says no to certain prayers of things that are objectively good by his standards. um, And yet in the secret things of his will, he decides not to let that be. Um, And that's where we, we fall back on. Will I trust that he is good? Um, If he says like he does to Job, that you, you cannot possibly see all the ends, understand all the way that I govern the world, but I do have, I do have evil. I do have chaos under my control. I allow it some reign in my universe, and yet I am in control. Will you just trust me? Um, to paraphrase the end of Job, that's where I think we have to, to get with those things and to be able to, I think the core of faith The core of real trust in God is that when God says no to something that you know is good, that you will hold no grudge or hardness against him for that. That's what faith is.
1: Yeah. There's a, um, a verse that is familiar to everybody, at least at grace church of orange. And I refer to it often, but pastor Mike reads this as his benediction, probably once a month. And there's an element in this that even though I've, I've taught on this and have referenced it and have heard Pastor Mike read it that I've completely missed um, until just recently. Um, And it's Hebrews 13, 20 and 21. Now may the God of peace who brought again from the dead, our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep by the blood of the eternal covenant. So we'll stop right there. I get excited about this because I like unpacking this idea of the eternal covenant, but what the eternal covenant, which direction does it go? Both. Yeah. It's both eternity backwards and eternity forwards. Equip you with everything that is good that you may do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory when forever and ever. This, this, this entire benediction is forever oriented in both directions and what's the center of it it's the blood of the eternal covenant it's the heart of the gospel the crucifixion of the son of god Mm -hmm. at the very center of eternity past and eternity future like Mm -hmm. however you center
0: eternity that's an interesting image you have the cross in the middle and 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 time you've got got time
1: going forever in both ways and there's the cross right in the middle of it which was the greatest evil ever committed and so the, the central focus of all of eternity in both directions, the writer of Hebrews is pointing us to, is evil, is wrong, is, is diametrically opposed mm-hmm. to the moral goodwill of God. But what's the, what's the thrust of this? The prayer is, in light of all of that, may mm-hmm. God equip you with everything good that you may do his will. Just you do his will, knowing that there's going to be evil that there's going to be things wrong. There are things that oppose God's eternal purposes, both directions of eternity, but that God's going to work out perfectly. And so when I pray for the salvation of a family member, which maybe is the hardest thing in this whole equation, Mm -hmm. you pray for the salvation of a family member and that person never comes to the Lord. Somehow in God's eternal backwards and forwards, plan, even the condemnation of that soul will draw praise and joy out of you for eternity. And I don't get how that necessarily works, but that's what you were just even getting at. That That's the basis of, of faith that we, we don't, we, hold. We, we
0: buy into that yeah, even when it doesn't make sense. There's nothing that has a hole on your heart that says you can't, you can't do what you want with that. Even if do what you want means treat them with justice.
1: There is like to even take it a step further as horrific as it is that there would be an unbelieving family member who dies not knowing the Lord and is under condemnation as horrible as that is. It doesn't come close to comparing to the murder of Jesus as far as Mm -hmm. the horrors of of everything magnitude of a magnitude of horror yeah yeah and my point is is that this is what the writer of hebrews is pointing at is like look eternity backwards eternity forward right in the middle you have the greatest horror that there ever is and yet i'm saying this all brings me to praise jesus
0: yeah yeah so Um, how much more in a smaller thing right exactly Even if we can't see how it will fit now and we can trust we that it will. We can't see it in that backwards and forwards
1: eternity right. perspective. And that's that's where that's the perspective that God has. So when you talk about the hidden things and the revealed things, I do think that there is an an when when we understand eternity more, we understand the hidden things more. Yeah, I think that's probably true. Yeah. Um, and so there's just a there is a a finite perspective that we're even able to have that clouds our ability to understand things. So Maybe bringing it all the way back. What do I do when I pray and God seems to not answer my prayers? I think everything you said at the beginning, and then it may be underlining and just recognizing, I don't have eyes to see mm-hmm. eternity past to eternity future.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But the God that I'm praying to does, and I'm just going to trust him right. in that from that perspective. Right. Right. So.
0: Uh, all right. Well, we hope this uh, episode encouraged you to keep praying, keep trusting the Lord, uh, keep loving the Lord.